Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Please Ask Mickey, a podcast about just being real, um, about being a woman, about being a mum. You don't have to be a mum. You can. You don't even have to be a woman. I don't care what bits you're carrying. I don't care whether you've got a sausage or a taco or a kid or not a kid or a dog or a lizard or whatever the fuck it is. It does not matter. This is just all about being real and talking about the shit that no one really wants to talk about in a way that people don't want to talk about it. So... Anyway, without further ado, actually, um, I've got an awesome guest on today, uh, and especially like at this time of year, if you're listening to this not at this time of year, it is Christmas time. It's coming up to Christmas, and it's really been irking me personally, um, especially with a child. Like, you know, last Christmas I had a one, oh yeah, no, I did have a one-year-old, but anyway... It's like the older my daughter gets, the more I'm realizing um, how much more, how many more things we have, like as far as clothes, as far as toys, as far as everything. And like when you're on social media and it's this whole keeping up with the Joneses thing and the over-consumerism is just insane. And it, and it's, yeah, it's getting to a point where it's like absolutely ridiculous. And so I really wanted to get um, this guest on today to chat to us about this because she's very, very passionate about it. Uh, her name is Jessica Abraham. She's from the Sunshine Coast and she's the owner and founder of Tassie Travels, which is um, an ethical clothing band. Let me try that again. Ethical clothing brand. Um, and well, Jess, hello. Hi, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Sorry about that. Just like word vomit at the beginning <laughs> there. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about Tassie Travels? Yeah, sure. So Tassie Travels is a travel clothing brand that combines minimalism, practicality and style. And Tassie was inspired by a trip that I took to East Timor at the end of 2016. Yeah. Um, so I had no kind of fashion background before this trip. Um, but, yeah, when I was over there, like Timor is an incredible country. Um, but I find it really hard to pack for that climate. So it's kind of like high 30 degrees, 90% humidity, um, but also quite conservative. So you've got to be covered up. And just nothing I owned was like practical for that. You know, the fabric was either too thick or it didn't have appropriate coverage or it wrinkled or it didn't dry quickly or it was just ugly. Yeah. And I kind of <laughs> said to the girls that I was traveling with um, that I wished it was easier to find like well-made, practical, easy travel clothing. Mm. Um, and yeah, the wheels kind of just kept spinning in my head and I came home from the trip and started researching and there wasn't really anything um, out there like that. Um, so yeah, it kind of got started straight away and we're here just under... Um, two years later. So all of our clothing is made in Australia. So I have um, our yeah, head office is based on Sunshine Coast and I have three um, seamstresses that work from here. And then we work with um, three small scale manufacturers down in Melbourne as well. So everything um, made in Australia and using um, sustainable fabrics. So that's something that's always been you know, really important to me. My background is not in fashion at all, but it is in the environmental sector. Um, so there, that was always going to be a, a core part of the brand. Yeah, because I've been, I've like, for anyone, well, no one knows actually, but I've actually known you for quite a long time, like since you were in school, because so, we went to school together, you're a few grades below me, and you've always been incredibly, incredibly passionate about the environment. Um, mm -hmm. Could you talk more about, um, I guess, what you use to make your clothes and how they're um, ethically made and designed? Yeah, sure. Um, so there's quite a few different 
elements that come into um, ethics and sustainability, I suppose, um, which is really tricky as a consumer, um, particularly as this kind of slow fashion movement has become more popular. Um, mm. The words like ethical and sustainable do get thrown around a lot, um, which does make it yeah, really, really tricky to know what, what a brand's doing and like whether they are really kind of ticking uh-huh. all the boxes. So is it kind of like throwing the word organic on things or like natural 100%. or something like that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Explain that. There's no kind of one governing body, I suppose, that gives like a tick of approval or anything yeah. like that. So it really is up to consumers to kind of ask a lot of questions, which I can get um, more into later. But what we're doing, um, what we're doing for us, so yeah, people and planet um, are definitely at the heart of the Tassie brand. And so the people side of that comes into all being um, made in Australia. Mm. Um, so that is, you know, I've obviously got my makers here on the Sunshine Coast who, um, you know, I know, obviously really well you know Charlie our head of production is one of my best friends and she's here every single day and then our team's down in Melbourne as well who I work really closely with so all made in Australia that's um, always been really important to the brand and and, um, always will be and then the sustainability side of things um, so the biggest part of that comes down to um, our fabric and textiles and then textile waste are probably um, one of the the biggest areas in which um, fashion can be really detrimental to the environment both Mm. in the production of the fabric um, but also in how it's disposed of at the end of its life and whether it just sits in landfill or not so our fabrics that we use um, we primarily use a beautiful textile called tensile um, which is actually made from the wood cellulose of the eucalyptus tree Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, incredible fabric, um, but also really amazing for travel. So it doesn't wrinkle, it dries really quickly, it's really light and breathable. So all the things that you kind of look for when you're traveling. Oh, my God, Um, or just me in real day life because I never iron and I refuse. (laughs) Yes, I don't think I ever ironed before I, like, came to this warehouse and had to do it. Oh, really? I actually just, like, (laughs) I I have – I'm not buying – I'm going to see how long I can get away with not buying um, an iron just because it's, like, I'm, like, I'm not at that level of adult yet. Like, I just remember watching mum, like, ironing every night and I'm, like, I just don't want that life. I'm just going to iron things that don't need (laughs) iron. I just use my straightener. Full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then we also use organic cotton and recycled polyester. So, kind of the fabrics are a big part of um, what we're doing um, for our environmental practices. We also um, ship all of our orders plastic free, so there's absolutely no plastic um, in any of our production there. Um, and another exciting new thing that we've recently done is partnered with um, an organization called Carbon Neutral. So, mm-hmm. they plant one tree for every um, garment that we sell. Which oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 So they're all um, planted in South Australia and WA. We've What are we up to today? I can see the running tally on our website. So we've now planted 229 trees. That's awesome. Um, yeah, which is really exciting. And that's another um, thing that we've recently done um, that's now on our website. And when I was talking about um, it being difficult to have um, kind of transparency and know whether a brand is truly you know, having responsible practices, I suppose. Mm. Um, we've partnered with this really amazing technology that allows us to see the impact of every garment we make. So um, it shows mm. you by using the fabrics that we do and by producing locally, you can see how many kilometres of driving emissions are avoided, how many litres and days of drinking water, um, how many hours of LED bulb energy. So if you jump on our website, you can you can see it as you, you know make a purchase. It tells you the impact you've had. So... That's just a cool little thing we've done. That's really cool. Far out. How unreal is that? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, 
yes. Yeah, so oh, it's so interesting how you were talking about the fact that you may think that you're buying ethically. And like, yeah. it, as I said, like it's similar to how people like, you know, companies can get away with just chucking nut, like natural on the front of something and yeah. or you think that you're doing the right thing by like eating this natural whatever it is but really it's yeah. full of shit yeah. um so did you say like to to be able to really um know that you are actually contributing to a, a genuinely ethical brand mm-hmm. what are some things that you can look out for so that, you know, you can be more aware, I guess, researching the brand and like, and finding a brand that you trust, I'm assuming, but are there things that like little signs that sort of give away that it's maybe not as ethical as you think it would be? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to taking the time to ask questions. Like so often we make impulse purchases and just see something and want to buy it straight away. So we don't take the time to do any research or ask, but and this just comes down to like conscious consumerism. But if there is something that you want and you're not sure about the brand, like taking time to email them or message them. Um, we had, so Charlie, my, um, my head seamstress here, we are just talking about it this morning. She messaged a brand um, asking like where their clothing was made. Mm-hmm. And they replied saying like we work, we work with a family run factory in China or something like that. And just giving absolutely no information really like that like what does that even mean what does a family run business mean like that that but that was their spin on it like for them they were being ethical because it was family run and like that's that doesn't mean anything like that you know yeah so I think totally. it's, you know, about taking the time definitely to ask those questions and know that if a brand doesn't give you much as enough information you can push back on it too um just say like look can you tell me a little bit more like do you work um, do you work with the factory owners? Do you know them like by name? Can you tell me about you know their wages or what they're paid per garment? Um, like knowing it's okay to ask these questions because you know consumers that's that's our right to know um, you know where the products are coming from. But biggest kind of ones as an overall thing to look at um, would be where if, if we're just talking about clothing in particular, yeah. um, where a garment is made. But again, that gets tricky because just because it's made in Australia doesn't mean it's necessarily ethical. And just because it's made in China doesn't mean it's necessarily ethical. Yeah. Um, so not ethical. Um, but the biggest thing would be to like look on their websites. If a company is like truly proud of the teams that they work with and the um, kind of conditions under which they work, they'll, they'll have images of it. They'll, have, they'll tell their story. They'll talk about the people making their clothes. Um, so def- if they don't have anything on their website about that, I just steer clear because if you're not talking about it, in this day and age, like when we know how important sustainable and ethical fashion is, if people aren't um, kind of obviously putting out that out there, then it's not a great sign. Yeah, that's so true. Like if they're not really passionate about it, then yeah. they're obviously not going to be talking about definitely. it. But if they are, then they will. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, definitely. And then something else to look at as well is the fabrics themselves. So um, straight away, natural fibres are always always going to be a better choice. Mm-hmm. Um and I always just try and support the, the smaller brands as well. It doesn't, same thing, it doesn't necessarily mean they're ethical, but they're much more likely to kind of get back to your questions and share information with you. Um, and you, you, you kind of know that you're keeping um, your money in your local community and supporting local people. But it is really hard in, in fashion, honestly. There is no one overarching, yeah, governing body that tells you, like, yep, this brand is good or this isn't um but i just only think just yeah asking questions um and yeah, don't be afraid to, to push back at brands if they don't give you enough or, or aren't sharing enough do you think that'll be the next thing do you think that will be created i guess like 
you know, some sort of governing body, I guess, with food, it's sort of being created like the, there's like particular, you know, where you get like the actual organic stamp of approval and all that sort of thing. Do you think that'll be the next step? Yeah, definitely. They're kind of like there is um, something out there already that's similar, but it doesn't kind of pick all the boxes. I think it's called the um, Baptist World Aid Report and it comes out every year mm, yeah. and it rates mainly just the big brands, but it rates them all from like A to F. Um, oh, yeah, I've so, seen that. Yeah, but the only thing that takes into consideration um, is the ethics. So that doesn't, as far as, yeah, I don't know everything about this, but as far as I know, it doesn't take into consideration any environmental impact. No. So it's kind of just rating them on the ethics side of things. And in saying that, it only rates brands that they can get in touch with. So, like, if a brand doesn't give them any information, doesn't get back to them, like, they automatically get low gradings, which is, is fine. But, yeah, it's not probably a true a true representation yeah. of the whole industry. And, and, like, for me, I mean, the ethics are obviously important, but the environmental side of things are as big a part of it. So that's what I want to know as well. Mm. Um, so that's, that's not really happening. Um, there is, in Australia, there's an amazing organisation called Ethical Clothing Australia, um, and they can accreditate brands. So they, it's, a, it's really quite a, um, a heavy process. They come and look at like every element of your supply chain and meet all of your people and make sure you're doing everything right. And then you get this stamp. So that's something that we've got um, as a big goal for 2019. I'd like to get our accreditation. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, so that's a really big one, but that's obviously just Australia-wide and there aren't that many brands that are, that are doing um, everything here in Australia. But yeah, I'd love to see something like that happening. There's some cool things. Like there's an app out there called Good On You. Um, which is awesome. You can look up brands and it gives you a lot of information about their practices and, and all that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think we're heading in the right direction, but it's definitely not super easy in that you think it is, I don't think, just oh, yet. Yeah, God, I can just imagine. Um, actually, talking about sort of the, like, environmental side, because that's mm-hmm. obviously, like, one of the hugest, hugest parts of it and I guess what you're doing and, like, how we talk about slow fashion and and, mm-hmm. you know, all that sort of thing and like over consumerism and all that and all of that. Mm. Do you have any um, for off the top of your head, like, you know, really um, shocking statistics that you might be able to give people? Yeah, definitely. So we um, shared a blog article about this just a couple of weeks ago um, when it was Black Friday. Yeah. So Black Friday and Cyber Monday, are like the biggest retail days of the year. And, you know, if you're, if you're a retail brand, you pretty much get involved with it. Um, and we weren't, you know, we were never going to get involved with Black Friday this year purely because that's not our business model. Like we've never had sales or discounted any product or anything. Um, and I was going to just kind of let it go quietly and like not get involved at all. But uh, the biggest, well, one of the biggest parts of Tassie for me is about sharing and education because yeah. like a few years ago, I knew nothing about this. It wasn't until I had friends that started like cluing me onto things that I started to learn about the, the fashion industry. Um, so yeah, I'm always kind of looking for opportunities to share. So we, we published a blog article um, about why we're not participating and in it does list some of kind of some really shocking stats. Um, so globally, we consume over 80 billion items of clothes every year. Oh, um, it's just nuts. Australians on average consume 27 kilograms of new clothing each year, of which 23 kilos ends up in landfill. Far out. Um, yeah, we're on, Australians are only wearing a garment on average seven times. Um, 40% of millennials have brought half the clothes they own in the last 12 months alone. Holy shit. Yeah, that's nuts. 
Um, and yeah, as Australians, we dump over 6,000 um, kilograms of clothing in landfill every 10 minutes. Um, so it's a huge, huge problem um, that fortunately, um, thanks to programs like War and Waste and, and that kind of thing, it's definitely people are starting to talk about a lot more and it's um, coming to the forefront a bit. But it's still a huge issue that a lot of people um, yeah, don't, don't really know about. No, not at all, which is why when you were saying before how you like to, you know, sort of take any opportunity to educate and like, you know, a part of the brand is educating as well. I think that's awesome because I like people, especially now, people will be starting to become more aware of the environment and, um, you know, the huge effect that we are having on it and things like Netflix has really been helpful, I guess, with lots of like great documentaries and stuff like that. But I mean, you can never have too much information and too much you know you can't educate too much you know like there are people who want to learn and want to know or aren't even as you said like you weren't even aware of it and you know I barely was which is why I really wanted to get you on and learn more about it yeah and just have those conversations I think that's the that's the biggest part of it and you know for me I don't like I definitely don't have all of the answers but just to be chatting with you about this today like I just think that that's really great and we should be having more of these these conversations you know yeah we don't need to have all the solutions right now but just starting to kind of voice these things and 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 share that around is really important absolutely and just the awareness of it as well because I think Mm -hmm. once you know something like you can't you can't unknow it you know and so you can't help but sort of bring that into like your life um a huge thing I wanted to ask you, and I know you wanted to talk about it as well, and you were talking about, you know, all of those stats and everything. How much do you think social media plays? Like, how big of a part do you think it plays in all of this? Oh, hugely. Like, the, the number one reason for consumerism <laughs> yeah. would be social media. Like, it's just nuts. Like, as a, a business owner, I see the incredible impact that social media can have, but as like a human being and environmentalist, like it just does my head in. I don't even, like, you know, a social, I, I remember getting Instagram in 2012. I just graduated from school and I can remember one of my friends um, was hassling me to get it, like telling me it was a new thing that I had to have and just forever. I kept being like, no, no, I don't care about this. I don't want it. And that was 2012. So only like six years ago um, that came into our lives. And like, we're ruled by it now. It, I don't, mm. before that, I don't remember ever, you know, you obviously still like, cared about what you're wearing as a teenage girl but I don't remember ever having that pressure to um construct this you know this life or this persona that was so perfect like it's just I I, I don't know it blows my mind I, I can't believe how much we're being you know controlled and impacted by that oh it's insane and it and it really does like it controls everything. I know we've we've spoken on this podcast before about how much of an impact it makes on even just being a mother and like mm-hmm. postnatal depression and um oh like self image, but yeah. then even like you know something you don't even really think about. But as far as like you know exactly what you said, like the impact it's having on the environment, you know, yeah. and the negative impact it's having because like that that's the new way to market things and you know you look at the people who like the insta famous girls who are getting sent like patrillions of clothes and like Mm -hmm. people are going to events and they will never ever ever wear the same outfit yeah twice or anything like that you know and so you feel like you have to constantly it's like keeping up with the joneses but on like fucking steroids (laughs) (laughs) because oh totally it's like such a such a fake world that you feel like you have to keep up with and 
yeah, it's like something I'm sure so many people haven't thought about, but they're like the environmental impact that it's it's yeah, having. The environmental impact of it is, is massive. Like, yeah, putting aside um, like, you know, body issues or how you see yourself or like anything like that that it's mm. been detrimental towards. Like environmentally, it's, yeah, it's massive. I remember talking to girls who were getting sent stuff, you know, Instagram influencers, and I'm sure they were saying like, like the amount of packages they were getting sent every week and they would take their photo in the thing and then they'd like chuck it out or never wear it again. And like that is, it's that fast fashion idea that our clothes are disposable. Um, It's not okay. Like it's not sustainable and it's having a massive detrimental impact on the environment and on the people that are, you know, making those clothes and whose um, wages are constantly being forced lower and lower because of the, the price of, you know, fast fashion being pushed lower and lower. Um, but it is, it's that idea that clothing is disposable that we really need to change um, because it's not, and yeah, it's, it's a massive problem. Yeah, far right. That's so crazy. And I was also discussing with you um, before we went live about how, like, you know, I said social media, it's like on steroids, but uh, joining the mum club, it's mm-hmm. like that time's a million like I don't because fuck me like children and the thing is like children grow out of clothes really quickly and that's something I've really struggled with because I'm not the kind of person I'd go shopping as like very rarely as possible I try to avoid you know overbuying I'd rather spend more and use it more rather than you know buy something for I don't know 50 bucks or whatever and only wear it a couple of times Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have a growing child, yeah. it's so much harder trying to sort of, um, find something that's going to last longer or like once I know I'm finding with Maddie, like the things that she's grown out of. And I'm really lucky because she's just little and she, yeah. uh, she grows in a way that she actually wears the shit out of everything, <laughs> which is so good. So I just yeah. try and like buy a few better quality things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, she'll just wear the crap out of that for like a year. Yeah. But yeah. I know there are some kids that like literally, you know, grow faster than, I don't know, like fucking chlamydia or something like it just like they just grow and grow and grow like they come out and they're basically a toddler and then like in two seconds they're you know seven yeah and so and because like Kmart is so accessible and so cheap so I know for and especially for people I guess who maybe aren't in a financial position to really be spending more Mm. do you have any I know it's a hard question and you don't have children, so that makes it even harder, but <laughs> I know you, you don't think about these things until you actually have this I can talk to about it a little bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, definitely. I haven't had to um, go through that myself, but I suppose like first and foremost, like I just think of op shops, like to me, yeah. like I, again, just talking like, you know, different generations, but as a kid, I can never remember like clothes being a thing back then. Like it was just you wore clothes so you weren't naked like that was all it was like it wasn't yeah. about you know having little cute photos or outfits or like anything like that but like okay. it is your brand you know, reps and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like crazy the children um but yeah to me like that was just not even a thing like I'm pretty sure I was wearing like guys clothes half of my childhood like it was just literally just something to cover your body yeah. um 
but yeah, I'd be, you know, kind of looking to op shops, I guess. Um, I grew up with an older sister, so I always just had her hand-me-downs, um, which I imagine you guys did having four girls as well. Yeah, I was the lucky one because I was the eldest, so I always <laughs> got the new clothes, but like poor Courtney down the end just got like <laughs> the absolutely been worn for 30 years clothes. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely that, like kind of like hand-me-downs, op shops. Um, I think obviously, you know, um, like what financial position you're in definitely comes into it. But as an overarching like kind of um, ethos or value, like I know that I always try to buy the best I can afford in whatever I'm buying just because I know that then it'll be the best quality and mm. it'll last for longer. So, um, and yeah, that'll, that'll be different for everyone. But yeah, I always try and buy um, the best that I can afford. Um, also with the mindset that if you're buying less, like you said, like you'd rather spend a little bit more on it if it means you're only buying you know, a handful of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've said not having kids. I don't, I don't know what you'd be like if you're constantly, constantly growing. Um, even like it's kind of a different topic, but um, like learning how to mend as well is like is a really big one um, mm. and to kind of extend the wear of our clothing. Like I know that that's a skill that has definitely um, been kind of lost in the last couple of generations. Yeah, yeah I can um, definitely. I'm the worst. This does all the sewing in our house. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's good. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just what rolls. Yeah. But yeah, definitely that's a skill that um, if we can, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of clothing we're buying, whether they're, you know, cheap or, you know, expensive, if we can extend the, the lifetime of that garment, um, that definitely is a, a massive step um, towards, you know, reducing its impact and, and the impact on the environment. Yeah, that's so true. And like, I think I... I know for me as well, I find it really difficult, um, you know, with things like baby showers and mm. birthdays and Christmases and especially like, as you said, you know, we're coming up to Christmas now and the over-consumerism is just insane because, you know, you've got people that are talking about, um, so for example, like as, you know, as Christmas is an example, so you've got um, the presents from the parents, right? Mm-hmm. So you give your children a present and then you've got Santa. Santa needs to give the kid yeah. a present. And then, um, and then there's people that are doing like Christmas Eve boxes where, you know, the kid opens their Christmas Eve box on Christmas Eve and there's a new pair of pajamas and like a little sneak and like, it's so insane. And because Maddie's birthday is in December as well. So I've yeah. just like, for me, I just hate having things. And because I've, I, 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 like when I first, um, you know, had her, gave birth to her, she came out of me, you'd less, like, I didn't think so much about all of the stuff, you know, because I got lots of gifts from, you know, at baby showers yeah. and things like that. And I didn't know what she needed or what she didn't need. When you're mm-hmm. a first time mum, you just assume they need everything under the fucking yeah. sun and you buy everything because yeah. you're like so terrified. You have no idea. <laughs> but now... I've all these toys that she started off with, I've realized, okay, so she's played with like three of those maybe four times. She has pretty much no interest in any of them. And now she's too big for them. And where do I have, I just have so much shit, Yeah, you know, and you end up with so much crap and kids don't care about pretty much any of it. Yeah. They just want to be outside playing in water or in mud or something like that. But, um, you know, you have aunts and uncles and grandparents and everything. I said for Maddie's birthday, and I never thought I'd be the person telling people what to get my kid for Christmas. Yeah. But I just had to be because otherwise we're just going to end up with 
shit again. Yeah. Just more crap. crap. Yeah, yeah. And just. I'm, I'm, sorry, you go. No, no, no. You go. You go. I was just going to say, I remember having that conversation with um, one of my good friends, Em, who's got two young boys, and I think it was last Christmas, um, and she was saying that, yeah, she'd had to do the same thing, put her foot down and give the rule um, to all of the relatives that they weren't allowed to get like any of the kids, like, plastic toys that yeah. year. Like, they could buy books or, like, wooden things or yeah. experiences or, like, marbles or whatever, but just, like, no plastic shit. And, yeah, I, I loved that. Like, it forces you to, like, think outside the box and actually, you know, get something that, that is going to last and something, you know, that there's a genuine connection to and that they'll love and it'll teach them something and just not plastic shit. Oh, yeah, and they don't need that many toys. They no. like, yeah. And it's even as you were talking about with the with the clothes as well. And, I mean, yeah. like, I'm definitely, you know, not, um, like, not the best. I definitely love buying my child clothes because, yeah. you know, yeah. like, it's so fun to dress them up. It's like I gave birth to this doll um, like spent my whole life wanting my own, you know, walking, talking doll. Didn't realize that should be, you know, quite as sassy and have quite the attitude, but <laughs> it's all part of it. But she just wants to spend most of her time naked. And that's like every mum, you talk to any mum and they're just like, buy my kid all these clothes and they just yep. want to wear, they just rip it off. Yep. They don't even yeah. want to wear it. Yeah. So it's not about the kid, it's about us, you know, and it like comes down to like less about like, you know, actually dressing our child or actually giving them something that is going to keep them entertained and more about what we can show everybody that we are doing. It's like almost like an insecurity thing because we're already feeling lesser than as mothers or not good enough or whatever, but we can be like, yeah, but like, can we all check out the fact that um, you know, my daughter's wearing a $200 outfit mm-hmm. um, and I spent $400 on her for Christmas. Yeah, 100%. It all comes down to, for me, like the intention behind things. And that's something yeah. that I've definitely tried to um, to clue onto a little bit more and to, to start thinking about when I'm, you know, thinking about anything and kind of like not related, but I just wrote this article for Tassie um, about the ethics of doing um, like swimming with whales. And I contacted this guy to help me write the article because he leads whale tours and does it in a really sustainable way. And I said to him like, oh, can, you know, can you help me? Like, can you give me some tips on to what I should tell people to like look for if they want to book a whale tour? Like what are the top tips you'd give them? And he said like the number one thing I would tell you, like before you look at any tours or like contact any tour operators is ask yourself like why you want to do this because if it's just for the photo and if it's just for like the image like don't bother doing it and that was really interesting like that that was his like number one tip was to check in with your intention and like that's something that I've definitely um you know tried to think about because it's so easy to get caught up in the whole thing and you know if you kind of ask yourself like why you're doing something um yeah, it just puts it into into perspective and you still get caught up in it, like, naturally. But more and more, I definitely try and, like, check in with, okay, wait a minute, like, why am I actually buying this? Like, do I really care? Does anyone care? Like, yeah. <laughs> just because Instagram says it's cool doesn't mean that I need it. Yeah, that's, yeah. I love that. And then it, like, yeah, it becomes such a, like, a pers- like almost like a personal development thing. And, like, yeah, oh, my God, you definitely. can pretty much just, like, you know, start asking about your entire existence and like who am I and what do I mean and yeah. what is my purpose in life like yeah definitely I really down there really quickly <laughs> oh yeah that's like I'm straight down that rabbit hole instantly um yeah. Yeah. I also love the 
I, I can't remember where I heard it, but someone was said something about how money is energy. And like, just as you said, mm-hmm. with like your intentions and like, you know, before you purchase something or before you do something, like, what is my intention behind yeah. this? Like, I yeah. love that so much. And it's similar to like this thing where it's um, like when, you know, as money's energy. So like wherever you're putting that money, it's not just yeah money that's going towards something that's supporting something or it's not supporting something, whatever it is. So where do you want to put that energy? Do you want to put it into, you know, Kmart and like that over consumerism sort of like, Mm -hmm. you know, cheap shit? Yeah. Or do you want to put it towards, you know, a small ethical Australian made business or whatever it is, you know, and like that, that thought of, you know, wherever you're putting that money, like, and that energy is like, I mean, everything is energy, right? Yeah. And I think that also brings into it the whole like element of having an emotional connection to things. Mm. And I think that's what we've lost so much, particularly like talking about clothing. If we buy something for 20 bucks, we don't give a shit about it. Like we're going to wear it once and chuck it away because we haven't invested it. We've brought it off the shelf. Like we don't, we don't care about it. Um, Mm. But that's something that I've definitely started thinking more about is kind of reintroducing, yeah, that emotional connection to things. And I think that's what people like love in particular, using Tassie as an example, like they, you know, particularly Sunshine Coast local people love that they could like come to the warehouse, pick up a shirt that they bought for their partner that they've seen being handmade by someone they know. And mm. there's a whole story behind it. And they'll tell them that story when they give it to them. And like, he'll think about when he wears that shirt and he'll tell other people about it. And having that emotional connection to it, like he's never going to throw that away and he's not going to treat it poorly, which is what we do when we buy cheap crap. We don't care about it. And we don't care if it ends up in the bin, you know? So like, it's kind of bringing back that. Yeah. Even, even in, in gifting, like I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that we're not going to give to each other at Christmas. Like that, that happens, but yeah, bringing an emotional connection into what we choose to like gift for other people, I think just makes it more meaningful on, on both sides and, and means that you're going to, you know, cherish that and look after that, whatever that is. I love that. I love that idea. And it's so true because like, you know, and you think, I just think back to like even my grandparents, for example, and like, you know, my Nana still has garments that her mother made for her Mm. and like her mother owned and stuff like that because they made things intentionally and they made things with intention and, you know, they put so much work and effort and everything into it and it was beautiful and it was timeless and whatever. And so you're not going to throw that out, not just because of the garment itself, but because of the fact that it was made by your mother and, you know, it's still hanging around and there's that emotional connection to it. And like, you know, that's something that my Nana would hold on to and my mum would hold on to and like vice versa. There's just that lack of like sentimental value to things. Yeah. And I think that's like everything in our life now in what, we're looking for is just like more depth and connection, more Mm. authenticity. Like we want real experiences. We want real interactions. Like it's, yeah, I I don't know. I don't quite know what the answer is or how to word it, but I definitely see a movement in that people are wanting to strip back that shallow level of just, yeah, not, not, not being real and kind of bringing that, that connection and authenticity into it. Um, Mm. Yeah. I think we're heading in the right direction, but there's definitely a lot of work to be done still. Oh, totally. But yeah, as you said, yeah, I think we are. I love, like, I love that really it comes down to almost just like mindset and like less about what you're doing and like how you can do it. And like, these are the steps to make a difference or whatever. But like really at the end of the day, it just comes down to 
mindset and and your intention and you and like it's just like a almost like a personal development thing it's not just fashion it's not just you know anything it it, it's it comes down to yet changing your perception and changing how you think and in turn that will you know our children they like they don't do as we say they do as we do right they're little sponges like I've learned anything yeah. <laughs> it's that Maddie definitely doesn't do what I say she does what I do yeah and that's the biggest thing that you can do with um you know with any movement or belief or value or whatever it is is just to, to be a role model and I've seen the impact that that has had you know even on my family so I got really involved with like the environmental kind of movement when I was about 15 or 16 and remember always doing like beach cleanups and talking about that kind of stuff to my family and that just was new to them like they you know obviously like loved the outdoors and were really nature-based but like they just had never really had that environmental um kind of like passion I suppose um and even just over those years of like seeing me um like pick up rubbish and not using plastics and like having those values and now that's like what all my family and friends do just you know, it's never something that I told them to do. It's just like being around that behavior. So, and that's a big, you know, biggest thing for me as well, even with, since starting Tassie, like I've really seen the impact that that's had. Same thing on the people around me, just by having conversations. And yeah, I think it's the biggest thing we can do is, you know, to educate ourselves and and ask these questions and then kind of pass that on to the people around us. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Far out. I feel like we've just like opened a can of worms. I know. I love it though. Um, well, I might, I'll ask you like your tips for, well, especially Christmas coming up. Like if you could give the listeners, whoever mm-hmm. they may be, all of you out there, um, some tips on how to maybe reduce um their footprint or reduce their consumerism around Christmas. Even, I don't know whether you like uh, in a position to talk about even like food or anything like that, or like, how can we help? Or um, I know for me, like Christmas um, means giving. So like I've been doing, like we do more giving than we do, um, I guess, buying gifts for each other and stuff like that. I try to, you know, make sure like, give food to the homeless and give out random presents to people that I, you know, just random people and stuff like that. So what are some other ways that we can, I don't know, not become fucking wankers around Christmas time, (laughs) really? Yeah, Um, there's definitely heaps of things you can do. Number one that comes to mind would be to shop small where possible. Um, No matter like who you're buying for, whether it is gifts or whether you're buying like food from your local butcher or bakery or like whatever it is, um, try and support like local small businesses that, is going to have a massive, massive impact to them. Um, don't I don't think until having my own small business, I understood what that really meant. In like the you know when we do good sales weeks, I literally like I can I can eat. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Like it really does make a massive difference. So like shop small where you can, whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. Um, don't impulse buy where possible. Like really stop and like think about who you're buying for um, and what can be. Um, you know, what's going to best serve them and how you can really give them something that they're going to love and cherish and have that connection to. Yeah. Um, I guess not like buying just for the sake of buying too. Like I know that for this year, um, I'm not doing like any presents with our family. We decided not to do that. And we've done that the last couple of years. Um, and I love that. Like we just have the best day together and really we enjoy like cooking together and going to the beach and we just enjoy each other's time. And I know that, you know, that's different where I've grown up now and don't have young kids. So that's you know, a different scenario, but 
essentially to me that's what Christmas is about like spending time with people I love um and like you're saying the giving like that's something that I'm like this Sunday I'm cooking a big lunch for 20 of my friends and that to me is so special and I like I'm not very good at words but food is how I can show people that I love them and I'm so excited to like put on a beautiful big lunch and and that's what it's about like that gives me so much joy um being able to create that and do that for them so like remembering that that's the heart of Christmas really like being with people we love and and um showing them how much we love and appreciate them and maybe even like when I, I had this conversation with Charlie before um, we started the podcast just talking about our own childhoods and I can't I don't have a single memory of my childhood that is about like an object or a toy like yeah. all of the memories that I have uh, my family like camping and growing up like always playing out in the street and the beach and being creative and those are the things that like kids remember and yeah. yeah, the memories they'll have forever. So, you know, maybe it's not things that they get, but it's um just like spending quality time and, and connecting with them is, is pretty special too. Yeah, I love that idea. That's so awesome. Yeah, it is um that's all really, really awesome advice. And yeah, I definitely agree. Like that's I think been the hardest thing for me, especially when once bringing a child in is mm-hmm. like just watching um where people's heads are when it comes to Christmas like it isn't as you said about just spending time with your family and all that kind of thing anymore and it's like everyone has to see every single family member on Christmas day and all this kind of stuff which oh my god like it's just so it's it's a stress and everyone's stressed and everyone's not enjoying themselves and they're like I have to bloody see this person I have to get a present for this person this person this person this person I'm like holy shit this is very unenjoyable for such a jolly time of year a hundred percent. It just turns into this like crazy thing that yeah, no one enjoys, no one cares about. Like, yeah. just, I think we really just want to strip back and yeah, remember what it's about. It's about people, not all the things. Yeah, that's so true. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jess, for coming on. I just realised the time we should probably <laughs> wrap it I up. Chat for hours. I know, me too. This is my problem, right? I could just talk forever <laughs> and ever, um, especially about things like this and to people like yeah. you. Um, so can you tell us how can people find you? How can they find Tassie? Give yep. us all your deets, all your socials. <laughs> so it's Tassie Travels, so T-A-S-I, Tassie Travels. That's our website, TassieTravels.com and all of our social handles. So, yeah. <laughs> that's simple. Um, yeah. It'll all be in like the show notes and everything as well, just in case people um, are driving or whatever. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it and I love chatting to you and I really hope that people start to, um, I guess, change their perspective. And, you know, the only way that, you know, Instagram is going to change or that, you know, how we spend is going to change or where we put our money and our energy is going to change just by people starting to do it, I guess, and people yeah. starting to make a difference and be brave enough yeah. to go against the trend. Definitely. And I think just remembering as well that we're not going to be perfect all the time. Like there'll be times where you screw up and you buy fast fashion or you buy something that's cheap or whatever it is. But just knowing that every every little thing that we do well, definitely like it makes a difference to, to people and planet. like that impact is felt. So just doing the best where we can, when we can and, and, and not putting too much pressure on ourselves as well. That is awesome. Such good advice to end off on. Yeah. Well, Thank you so very much. much. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. Please Ask Mickey is a Hit Network original podcast produced at Hit 105 Studios in Brisbane. 
Created, hosted and produced by Michaela Burnett. Check out pleaseaskmickey.com. Editorial support from Julia Foskey, executive producers Scott McDonald and Matthew Eggleston. For more great audio stories, check out hit.com.au.